Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins. I'm really excited about today's show because it's about something that a lot we don't talk about quite often, um, which is kind of taking your business to a completely different market and opening up new offices to service a whole other community. And that's what my guest Paul Cohen is doing. Um, and he is the expert at this native New Yorker who is helping opening the um, milk and honey operations stateside. So uh, really excited to get to Paul in just a minute to kind of talk about all of those nuances and, you know, opening a new office and, and, and opening an office where the main office is in a, another country. It just, there's so many different things to talk about. And also there's so many advantages. So we'll be talking to Paul in a minute. If you are brand new to the show, welcome. Um, if you're listening or you're watching our live feed, Thanks for your time. Uh, what we want to do at the Social Marketing Academy is share with you some really key insights from experts. So we talk to the people that are within my network that I talk to all the time, and I gain such valuable insights from. So why can't you have the same benefits? So that's why we're bringing them to you. If you haven't listened to our show before, or if you have, you can visit our website, Go Sales and Marketing, which is my um, marketing agency, the Go Agency's website. There's a podcast page there, and you can watch all of the previous videos, as well as connect with any of the experts that we've had on there. You could also go on to iTunes or anywhere else where you can get your podcasts and you can subscribe as well as subscribe to our newsletter, which is the Bulletproof Marketer. Um, you can do that on gosalesandmarketing.com. And I share cutting edge tips twice per week. So throw it in there, no big deal. Throw your email on the ring. Um, but before, without further ado, I want to kind of get into announcing our guest today, which is Paul Cohen. Paul is the um, CEO of North America, of the North American operation of Milk and Honey. He has more than two decades of experience in Europe, North America, and Asia. His award-winning career is focused on reputation management, media relations, brand development, and crisis communications. He has represented a wide range of clients, including Goodyear, Samsung, Starbucks, and the Russian government. Before joining Milk and Honey, Paul spent 17 years at Ketchum, where he served in a number of senior global positions in New York, Brussels, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. So this guy is international. Um, and Paul was named PR Week's 40 Under 40 list and has been a key member of teams that have all major industry awards, including Silver Anvil, PR Week, um, CIPRA, Golden Sabre, Cannes Lions, and so much more. He earned a BA with the highest honors in comparative literature from the University of Michigan, and I'm happy to introduce him to all of you today. Paul's going to be talking about how you make the leap into a new market, especially when you're starting um, your new operations. So, Paul, hey, welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Yeah, um, I just was telling all of our listeners just a little bit about your experience, but is there any just uh, intro words that you'd like to share with your audience? Yeah, uh, so I've got almost three decades of experience working in communications, uh, worked on three continents, represented everyone from the Russian government to Starbucks and sort of everything in between, um, and just um, in week three, uh, my new venture uh, as uh, CEO of Milk and Honey North America. So really, really excited and uh, yeah, happy to be here. 
yeah, it's a, it's it's really interesting. I mean, just just reading through your experience, um, what kind of gave you the bug for so much international work and relocation? Is huh. are, are you attracted to culture? What is it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's something that's lives in me. You know, I, I was uh, able to travel a bit when I was growing up. Um, I uh, took a year off uh, before I went to. Uh, college. Uh, now it's a gap year, but when I did it, it was like a weird thing that nobody did. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I lived in, in southern Switzerland for a year and um, learned Italian and then, you know, did a, a junior year in, in Italy. Um, and I actually had a, a I was working at Burson Marsteller back when Burson Marsteller still existed um, yeah. in New York in in the late 90s. And I remember we had a, you know, one of those big kind of global confabs that the, you know, big agencies have. <laughs> and I had really, it was like an epiphany where I was meeting people from all over the world. And I was like, what am I doing at a big global company just staying in my hometown? I want to go somewhere. And I'd spent a lot of time in Europe. I'd never been to Asia. And it just struck me. I was like, I want to go to Asia and not know it, not having ever been there, not knowing anything about it. Mm -hmm. I had assumed that Asia pretty much meant Hong Kong or Singapore. Um, and so I, I put my hat in the ring. I talked to the Asia CEO. I talked to the head of HR, talked to my boss, yeah. something percolated in Tokyo, but I think we didn't get the business. And then I got a call saying um, there might be something in Beijing. And this was well before Beijing had the Olympics, well before like, China joined the WTO. So it was Oh wow. Okay. Like China was like no one went to China. And um no one. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, okay. Uh and so had a bunch of interviews, spent a week there kind of interviewing further and kind of getting into it. And they made an offer. And I took my uh my fiance joined me, uh now my wife. Um, and then she got work there. And then I left Burson Marsteller, joined Ketchum, moved from Beijing to Shanghai, then uh, moved with Ketchum from Shanghai to Hong Kong. Uh, so, you know, four wow. years, three cities, a marriage and a child later, <laughs> moved back to New York. Um, and then when I was in New York, I was uh, with Ketchum and um, we had an opportunity to pitch for the business uh, to represent uh, the Russian government as they were hosting the G8 back when it was still the G8 mm -hmm. um, for the first time and really looking to, to figure out how to communicate in the Western context. Right. And this was, it was a very different world. Russia really wanted to engage with the West. And this was kind of the rise of the BRICS um, right. and, um, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And so we, we got the business to work with the Russian government. It was, you know, amazing heady stuff um and then we had opportunities to to work with some other russian firms and then you know, i pushed my work with chinese firms and i really started a uh, basically a, a international practice really a, a developing markets practice mm -hmm. within uh ketchum's corporate practice okay. um and it was amazing i mean i would you know it's traveling all over the world i went to you know, Olympic Games and World Economic Forums and G8s and G20s. I had meetings in, you know, in the Kremlin, in the Pentagon, in the Great Hall of the People, like just, you know, really great stuff. And then I had, uh, was looking for the next thing and um, had an opportunity to go to Brussels 
um, mm. to uh, both to help uh, kind of invigorate the the Brussels office, but also to to connect the dots across the the European network. Mm -hmm. um, so did that for for five years. Um, my kids now speak you know perfect French and you know make fun of my horrible accent. Um, <laughs> And then, so we moved back uh, and then, yeah, so it's just, it's been my lifeblood. Um, and, you know, I just think, I think some of the things that are so exciting about it are, first of all, just to understand how, how, how to translate other contexts, other cultures um, mm -hmm. to, to forge connections um, with, you know, and, and relationships and friendships and, understand the dynamics of communications right you know what you say versus what what others hear and then you add cultural and linguistic barriers in you know in that, that right. gap mm -hmm. um you know it's just fascinating and i think the last thing i'd say is um you know i love the challenge of dealing with ambiguities um mm -hmm. and kind of wading through the morass of not quite knowing everything um you know it makes makes life challenging <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. uh but makes life interesting and and business interesting and um yeah it just makes me love the you know the fact that i'm a professional communicator to to understand how communications works across borders is uh yeah it's just a fascinating topic so what made you choose to take on this opportunity now with milk and honey yeah so um I left Ketchum uh, about a year ago after 17 years um, and really had spent, uh, you know, 20, more than 20 years working at the world, some of the world's largest agency um, and was looking for, for what was, what was next. And um, I turned down a couple of offers that weren't quite right. So actually mm -hmm. started my own, my own shop and, and thought I was going to go that direction, but I was connected with Kirsty Layton, who's the founder of Milk and Honey. Um, geez, six months ago, more than six months ago, um, she was looking, she had a client that was coming to the US and um, I was recommended to her. Uh, so we had an initial, just a Zoom chat like this yeah. and talking about the business, but talking a little more big picture stuff. And, and she sort of, she kind of let it slip that she might be interested in starting something in the US. And I kind of let it slip that I might be interested in doing something like that with her i she had a great reputation um mm -hmm. and we kept up a dialogue the the client work actually finally came to fruition in march so it took a little time but right. in the interim we we kept up a dialogue i i helped out with with some other other projects that they had um and in the meantime i was getting my business off the ground and it was sort of delaying really kind of making it public you know i mm -hmm. I, I had a i had you know, I registered as a business. I had my email address, but I didn't build the website yet. I didn't kind of right. do, kind of stayed in stealth mode, yeah. mm -hmm. um, partly to just get everything in place, but yeah. partly because I was having these conversations. What was interesting was in conversations with family and friends, they would sort of say back to me, you know, well, it sounds like you're really excited about the milk and honey opportunity. And, and that was kind of driving me to you know see what see what what, what that was all about and then um i guess around february or so we had a conversation where it was like okay like are, are we serious about this and what's if we are what does timing look like yeah. and Kirsty said 
basically, yes, I'm really serious. Yes, I want this to happen. Yes, I want this to happen with you. And I want this to happen quickly. And from there, it was off to the races, you know, until the only slowdown was lawyers dragged, <laughs> dragged things out. But, um, you know, but we, I mean, everything was agreed in principle very quickly. Um, and yeah, it's just super exciting because they're, they're actually the fastest growing agency. It, we, we are, I guess, the fastest growing agency yeah. in Europe, the fifth growing agency in the world. That's before entering the US market. Um, and, you know, just, they just do everything, what I would say is the, the right way. Now, going from going from like you, I mean, you've, you've, you've catching me of these these really large agencies that you've worked with, and now you're kind of like with this hot growing boutique. I mean, how would how are you um, handling that transition? So yeah, um, I mean, I, I I love it, and mm. I think the challenge. Look, the big agencies are are fantastic, and I've had nothing but amazing experiences at, in my time there. But I think they're, the business model is, is struggling. And you can see that just in growth rates and, and right. everything else. Um, and I think a lot of it is, you know, there's a lot of, well, that's how we did it in 1983. So that's how we do it today. Um, yeah. And, you know, these are businesses that have been around for a long time and have bureaucracy and baggage mm -hmm. built up. Um, and Kirsty founded Milk and Honey only four, four and a half years ago really in the way that I think a lot of people at any, any organization, forget PR, forget big agencies, but just like, if I were to start my business, what would it look like, right? right. Mm -hmm. and, and she really thought about if I were to start a PR firm, what does a PR firm look like in the second quarter of the 21st century? You know, what does even just a professional services firm look like? But so let's start from there and then make it happen um, mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, I want to do a little business and I got clients and kind of, you know, meander my way. Like this was really mindful and purposeful. Mm -hmm. So that's true for big and small things. So even just the way we bill, right? So we don't bill by the hour um, because we're not a law firm in 1950, right? It's <laughs> look at what, you know, what, what does success look like for a client? Right. What does it take to get there? And what's a, an appropriate value price for that? So it's just a very different mindset. Um, we, you know, every company talks about, you know, we want, we want our teams to feel like they have ownership in the decisions, but it's always like air quote ownership. Course, yeah. um, we have employee ownership in a literal sense. Uh, after 12 months, every employee, uh, irrespective of level, gets uh, an actual equity stake, not, not like a phantom share, but an actual equity stake in the business. Um, we, you know, every company talks, you know, we, we, we're purpose-driven, we're mission-driven. Milk and Honey has already established itself as one of the few PR firms that is a certified B Corporation. So mm -hmm. like really put like living those values um, is, you know, is something that's really refreshing. And, and because we're small, because we're new, we, we can do that, you know, we can kind mm -hmm. of maneuver quickly and it's not, oh, well, we have to get permission from the parent company. We have to do this. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. Make it so. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the best things about having kind of, uh, kind of like having a hot boutique or a smaller agency is being able to be so nimble and agile when you're trying to create 
new campaigns. I mean, <clears throat> even for my own agency, when we're doing um, organic social media, uh, if something comes out and it's late breaking news, we have to tie our clients into that news story and put it out there to get that attention. And if our client does not, under, if I had to do that in a larger agency, there's a lot more checks and balances I'd have to go through. And then, and then depending on the size of the client as well, I'd have just as many pieces of red tape I'd have to cut on that end. So I know it's, 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 it's especially if you're uh, for some of the campaigns that we do that where we act as disruptors, it's nice to be able to be outside of the box and do something and say, Hey, this really worked. Let's try this. Um, because it kind of makes life interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, totally. okay. So there's a lot of people out there that are expanding their companies. You know, a lot of people did have a very successful, um, 2020, um, albeit with everything else going on. Uh, how, what, what, what advice would you give to people that are trying to lay the groundwork of a new expansion or a new location? Yeah. Um, first I think, Pick your right partners. Um, yeah. Really, you know, really make sure that if you're if you're gonna go in with somebody that you're really aligned. You're aligned from a business standpoint, but also just from a from a mindset standpoint. You know, and that that you, you approach things in enough. This you know, you want to have some diversity and difference, but you want to at least think about things in the same in the same way that and really that your values are are aligned. So I think that's the first thing is that's really important is to get your allies and get your your partners um, that you can really trust. And you don't have to know like Kirsty and I literally have never met in person because of the way the world is. Um, but you know we there's just something that's clearly simpatico about the way we we connect and the way we you know just approach um, our business. Um, the second, I think, is have a mindset of yes. <laughs> um, really just embrace opportunities. And I'll, I'll give you one small example that, that's actually not related to, to milk and honey, but I think was really instructive for me. So when I went out on my own, I left Ketchum, I was looking at any number of different avenues to take. Um, and, you know, before... I would be very selective, right? Oh, well, I don't really want to talk to that. You know, I'm, no, mm -hmm. that's not the direction I want to go. And then I made a, sh a shift and I said, yeah, I'm just going to say yes to everything. Just yes, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take that meeting. I'll take the call, whatever it is. And, you know, just one example, uh, a good friend of mine uh, is an analyst at one of the big banks. And he said, you know, oh, do you want to talk to, you know, head of comms? You know, he's put me on CNBC, he's a good guy. And normally I would have I said no. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to have a favor from a friend and mix with business and, you know, I'm, I don't want to be it just, but instead I was like, yes, yes, I will. So turns out this, the guy is, is a fantastic guy. Um, it wasn't, I, I wasn't going to get a position with, with him, but it was great connection. And he said, you know, look, I, I've seen your, your background. Um, my wife is an attorney with a, a boutique law firm that does a lot of international work, does a lot of work in energy. And I see that you've got tons of international work and tons of energy work. Um, I've mentioned this to her. Would you mind talking to her to see if there might be opportunities with some of her clients? You know, mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden from a friend in Park Slope, I'm now talking to, you know, a law firm with offices around the world in a totally different context mm -hmm. because the answer is yes, not no. So I think that that kind of mindset is really important to just just embrace it um so i think that that's one and then you and i were talking about this before but 
embrace the unknown and and <clears throat> accept that there are going to be ambiguities and you're not going to have the answers and things won't always be comfortable mm -hmm. um and just know that and deal with it and go with it you know and uh so i think those, those you know right partners mindset of yes and embrace ambiguities and i love that embrace ambiguities because uh just today i had two different sales calls with new prospects and i was talking to them and both of them are diametrically opposed to industries I've never worked in. And they both asked me on the call, well, who, how much do you know about our industry? And I said, I don't know a lot, but I'm excited to learn because then I learned something new and you get to, then you get to see all, you get to see things through fresh eyes and bring things to the client they might not see. And then being that problem solving and living in that gray area sometimes is really exciting. Like there's, there's so many cool things that you can uncover. So I totally understand what you're talking about. Um, so in terms of approaching things from the place of yes, what, what do you see for uh, Milk and Honey New York over the, the next few months or year? What do you hope this expansion is going to bring? Um, I mean, I hope we have a similar growth trajectory uh, that we've had in the other markets. So London's been around for four years. They're at 28 people and are, you know, well well known in the marketplace for being you know this hot shop and you know great for you know attract great employees diverse employees um and really top tier clients the, the sydney office is a year and a half old they're at five people and they're growing so you know there's uh expectations and and pressure to grow at, at that rate and um you know get continue to get a you know continue to grow the pipeline of of prospects and clients, um, get my team in place, uh, and you know really establish uh, a real firm beachhead here as uh, you know as something that's going to be strong and sustainable, um, kind of out of the gate. So you know one of the things that a lot of people are considering right now is like how to how to best go through the recruiting process. How are you finding the recruiting process in the current environment? I mean. I found it, it's still early days to, to be clear, um, but I think if you've got something good to sell, it's really easy. Um, yeah. And I think the the people that I have spoken to uh, are, you know, hear, hear about what Milk and Honey is, right? You know, we're a B Corp, there's employee ownership, the, you know, just the ability to really shape things and, and make, you know, really make your own, uh, future uh, is really appealing. What's interesting, so I've talked to, you know, some former colleagues and, you know, people are really excited. But what I found is interesting is that people who I don't even know <laughs> have, have reached out or friends of friends said, you know, oh, you know, like, so I was talking to so-and-so about, about you and, and they were so excited and they're not really happy where they are. Can I, can I connect you with them? So, you know, mm -hmm. just this, there's a, I think there's a, a hunger for the the type you know the types of opportunities that that I think I'm offering you know again it's that that you know, young hot entrepreneurial different kind of mm -hmm. business model. Um, I find it you know I I've, I've found that people find it really attractive. Well, I think it is. I, I mean, it, just to kind of like amplify one of the points that you made. I mean, a lot of companies do not ever, especially boutique-sized firms, do not give ownership 
I mean, uh, boutique size firms, I mean, we offer um, healthcare for our employees. And that's not something that a lot of firms of our size do, but we know why we do it, right? We do it because we want our employees to be healthy, happy, and feel ownership of what they're doing. Um, what, so obviously, like we said, it, it is early days and you're getting, you're getting your, the, the right people in place. What are like, what have been some of like the, the main challenges that you've been facing? Um, I guess, on, I guess there are two levels. One, one is just the, the challenge of the running a startup, uh, just the, mm -hmm. the juggling, you know, I think the 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 standard go-to answer for anyone you know why do you like pr is you know oh because you know every day is different and you know i get to work on so many different things great but there's that and then they're like yeah and i'm working on all these different clients and i'm pitching new business and i'm doing a podcast and i'm setting up 401k for my employees and i'm talking with the business insurance guys and i'm looking at real estate and I'm, I mean, it's just, you know, and I'm talking to Sydney and I'm talking to London and, I'm, you know, it's just like mm -hmm. all of that, um, which frankly is more of a, is more of a brag than a complaint. Like it's, it's, it's exhausting, but it's, it's exhilarating. Um, and, and I think just the, the other big challenge is, you know, there, it's not, success is not uh, automatic. And right. I'm, I'm hugely confident in, in my abilities. I'm hugely confident in my partners and my team's reputation and ability. Like I, I wouldn't do this if I weren't supremely confident that this is gonna be a big success, but it does, you know, my confidence doesn't necessarily mean, <laughs> mean that it will be. And so there's, there's real pressure, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing without a net, you know, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. walking without a net. And so that's, there's there's real pressure there not that anyone's putting on me but myself but you know i'm i'm aware that i now have responsibilities to to maintain the reputation of this great firm to maintain the expectations of of my my colleagues and partners um so that's that that's a a, a gift but it's a burden as well of course, no, you know, with the self-imposed stress, and I completely understand that, that self-imposed pressure. Um, how do you stay centered? Like, how do you recenter yourself after you've been pushed all the way to the left or all the way to the right? You know, I think uh, it's a great question. I, I think I'm, I think I'm so, so lucky, right? So every day, and it's been three weeks, so it's not been a lot, but you know, every day since it's been, since it's like been final, right? And everything yeah. was signed, you know, we announced it. Um, every day I'm like, oh my God, where'd that day go? That was exhausting. And I go to bed and I think, holy moly, I am so lucky. Like this, this is exactly where, not only where I want to be now, this is exactly where I wished I were a couple of years ago. Like, I, like this is, this is it, you know? So the, the centering I think comes from it's the pressure, you know, it's like if you're, if you're the quarterback in the Super Bowl, like I'm sure you're like throwing up beforehand, maybe Tom Brady is, but you know, if you're a first time quarterback, you know, like, but that's where you want to be. Like you want to right. be, it, you know, you want to have that, that pressure. Um, so it, the pressure is real, uh, but it's, it's where I want to be. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand. Um, I, I think it's, it, it's something that a lot of, um, 
a lot of people that are running startups have that have that feeling where am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? And you have enough skin in the game where you understand kind of what you need to be doing. But then there's also the curveballs because that's one of the things a lot of people don't understand. Doesn't matter how much experience that you do have, you're still getting curveballs. You're still yeah. going to get things that things are going to change. You know, I think a lot of people that were trying to start businesses and, and getting things off the ground last year had a rude awakening when they were unable to pivot their strategies. And um, I think being able, being like-minded with you, uh, I'm all about pivoting. I'm all about organically changing. I'm all about living in the edits, you know what I mean? And trying to make things a better version of themselves. And I think if you have that approach as a, a managing a startup, you can be very successful. But you always do have to be careful not to push yourself too hard. And it's good that you have that thankful heart that you can kind of turn into this because it is it, being able to do what you love is the game. You know what I mean? That's that's what it is. I mean, um, so, OK, so what's 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 next? I mean, it's going to be um, going out and and growing this baby, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's we've been really fortunate to get uh, we've got some some clients already which is great Wonderful. Uh, we've got uh, an amazing pipeline and what, what's really nice is um you know i had some some clients and prospects and contacts that i was able to you know have so it was wasn't a total standing start but milk and honey has such a great reputation that people are aware you know people are aware of them so they're on a lot of people's radar once it's like mm -hmm. oh they're in the u.s that's awesome and um, so we've got, you know, I mean, the challenge is converting, you know, from pipeline to, to clients can be this or it can be, be that. Um, but I mean, just to give an example, the, the day after uh, the announcement was made, we got a, a couple of RFPs in the door that were addressed to, you know, Paul at milkandhoney.com, me at milkandhoneypr.com and, and Kirsty at milkandhoneypr.com. So it's people who we didn't know. Like, so this is, like, and these were impressive RFPs that like they saw the news and, it, you know, you could almost see the, the gears turning, which is like, okay, like we need, you know, like, right, we need two big, you know, big holding company firms, two mid-sized firms, and let's, let's get a hot boutique, you know, like yeah. that sort of thing. Of course. And to be, uh, to be on the very short list of like that, the hot boutique category, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the, just in the gate, or you know, or just out of the gate, like that's that's exciting, and that that I think that bodes well uh, for you know where we can go. That's fantastic. I mean, just for just before we let you go, Paul, can you just so everyone understands a little bit more about the services that you do offer at Milk and Honey? What are kind of the key service offerings that um, that you do offer? Yeah, so I mean, we're a, obviously a public relations firm, but we are very much a reputation first. Firm. So we really look to to help an organization shape uh, and shape its reputation to drive its business. Mm -hmm. um, we are industry agnostic. Uh, we've got some points of, of expertise, but really, it's it's not a question of only in this industry, only that industry. It's really any organization that wants to uh, protect, defend, grow its its reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we really want to have uh, like minded clients, so organizations that. Uh, you know, really care about purpose and, and mission and, and at a minimum doing, doing no harm to, to the planet and to, to the communities in which they work um, and helping them not just do no harm, but, you know, really 
help you know affect positively um, people and planet. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know a lot of growth growth minded growth oriented uh, organizations uh, where we can really engage with with senior management to to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Excellent, um, Paul. Uh, if anybody else wants to find you, where's the best place to for them to see? I'm gonna. By the way, I'm gonna, as a caveat, I'm gonna put all the links into the bio of this show. But awesome. go ahead. Uh, best is Paul at milkandhoneypr.com. That's all one word, M-I-L-K-A-N-D-H-O-N-E-Y-P-R.com. Uh, and all the standard social channels, uh, you can find me. I think I'm Paul underscore Cohen one uh, at, at Twitter. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all the others. And anyone out there, if you're listening to the show and you'd like an introduction to Paul, um, just let me know and I can make the introduction for you. Um, they are, um, I've, I've known Kirsty for a while and um, I love the agency. And so I'm really excited to see it stateside. Um, and I know Paul, it's gonna be a really great success because I, I everything that you said about how you uh, you have a mission um, and you align it with your clients and, and all centered around purpose is really important. So um, anybody that is looking for some PR representation, reputation management, please look up Paul at milkandhoney.com. Um, Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, but Paul, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Um, and um, folks, thank you so much for joining us on the Social Marketing Academy. We have some great episodes lined up. We have uh, a couple more on affiliate marketing. You brought that up as something that you really wanted to cover a little bit more. And what the hell, I'll dive in deeper. So um, check out all of our shows on our website, gosalesandmarketing.com. You can go on the podcast page and find out all of our past shows and bios. And if there's any of the experts that you would like to meet, just let me know and I'll give you a, a warm introduction. All right, folks, until next time, it's been Chris Brooklyn with Social Marketing Academy. We'll talk to you soon.